I will say good morning. Let us let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors, Shmuley and Lee Budinovitz, in dedicating the Shurman Trushos this month in the Schos of Menaliyah for the Neshama of Rav Peretz, Avram Ben Harav Binyamin Moshe, Zichron of the Bracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. Both said today's daf is Kuftes Zayin 116, and we are picking up a Merit Hashem on. Kuf Tes Vav Amud Beis 115b. We're picking up about 22 lines up from the bottom. So a lot, uh, we have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Just a little bit of a reminder, a reorientation. So remember again, we left off, we left off by the interesting case of Ruvain deposited sesame seeds with Shimon and then comes back to reclaim them from Shimon. Shimon says, you took them already. Ruvain says, no, I didn't. And here's the raya. Here's the proof. And Ruvain proceeds to go on and explain how many sesame seeds, what the nature of the barrel was. And Shimon claims, while that is all true, Lamaisa, it's mine. In other words, I took yours out and I put mine in. That then led into a discussion of, do we accept a claim like this? That ultimately, again, a depositor was, or I should say a custodian, was watching something, holding something, but then swapped out that which belonged to the other individual for his own items. So says the Gemara, are we not concerned, right? Do we not accept the, the, the claim that the custodian cleaned out, cleaned out the other guy's stuff in order to make room for his own? Rabbi Yossi says that, again, the safe of the rice that we started quoting yesterday, even if you went ahead and you found the barrel and it says truma on it, ultimately, again, you could assume that the truma items were cleaned out and replaced with chulin. Shani Omer, ishtakit havei truma, ufina. Because I could say yesterday it was filled with truma, but then ultimately, again, the owner of the barrel cleaned it out and replaced it with chulin. Here's the machlokas. Here's the machlokas in the sesame case. Mar savar im isa dipinahu michpar hava kafir. So we'll say one opinion says that halacha la ma'isa. So we'll say here's the problem with this particular case. The problem with this case is that on the barrel, on the barrel itself, there was a simen. Right? There was a simon. Remember again, it said tough for truma. So, so one opinion holds that if it's true that the owner really cleaned out the contents, he would have also erased the mark, the tough, right? The stuff on the, on the barrel itself. The Gemar says, The other opinion says, no, he just forgot to do it. Or maybe he purposely left the tough on there. Why? Because this way people will stay away from his stuff. Since on the barrel it says tough for truma, halacha people will stay away from his stuff and they won't come to tamper with his merchandise. Okay, so we'll say so. Bottom line, bottom line, that halacha lamaisa, that we would pass in a case like this where Shimon is coming and claiming that the sesame seeds are his, as I mentioned yesterday. This is Hamotzi mechavera Allah haraya. In general, whenever you want to extract money from someone. The burden of proof is always upon the extractor. Because as they say, right, this, I guess we hold to this concept also of possession is nine-tenths of the law. Whoever has possession of the item is the presumed owner. If you want to choose, if you want to change that status quo, that's fine. You could do that. But the burden of proof is upon the person who wants to affect the level of change. Beautiful. Says the said two dots. A very interesting case. Yitzchak Reish Galusa Bar Achse Dirav Bibi. So we'll say Yitzchak Reish Kalusa. This was his name. This was his name. He was he wasn't the Reish Kalusa, right? Right? You know, it's like naming your kid president, right? Uh, right? So ultimately, the Yitzchak Reish Kalusa was the son of the sister of Rav Bibi. Okay, He was traveling from Kortaba to Aspamia for and he died. He died. So he died. He died en route. So they sent out word. Yitzchak Reish Kalusa Bar Achse Dirav Bibi Havi Ka'azal Me Kortava La'aspamia V'Shachiv Oh, so they sent out word. Now, why, why, why did they send out word? He was, he was married. So they wanted his wife to know, listen, your husband died. Your husband died. Sorry. Your 
Good. They wanted to send out word your husband died. So the Gemara says, here's the question. So now word gets back, word gets back that, remember again, he was from, I don't know if he was from, but he was from Kortzvataspamia. So let's say word now gets back to his wife, or word gets back that a man by the name of Yitzchak Reish Galusa died. So we'll say, here's the Shaila. Michai Shinon Litre Yitzchak Olo. Are we Choshesh for two Yitzchaks? Right? In other words, we'll say a fundamental question. You hear news, you hear news that a guy died. So Allah do you have to be concerned that there's more than one person with that same name? So we'll say, and again, what's the ramifications of this? Ramifications of this is, so Yitzchak Reish Galusa dies. A woman hears about this. She has a husband by the name of Yitzchak Reish Galusa who is traveling from Kortova to Aspamia. So now what's the Shaila? Can this woman get remarried based on this testimony? Or do we have to, or do we have to assume that maybe there's more than one person with this same name? So Abai Amr Chashinan, Abai says we have to be Choshesh for a second Yitzchak Reish Kalusa. Rava Amr Lo Chashinan, Rava says no, we're not Choshesh for a second Yitzchak Reish Kalusa. Amr Abai, Abai says, Mina Aminala. From where do I know that you don't have to be Choshesh? So we'll say, here we go. So we'll say, by the way, this, you have to understand, the, these cases are incredible because understand, we're used to, like I said yesterday, we're used to instantaneous information. And we're used to, to the ability to really even verify information quite fast. Just like yesterday, we saw this case of where the woman comes to Basin and she informs us that there's war, right? We didn't know. The Basin didn't know there's a war going on. She told us there's a war. So here, this guy, Yitzchak Rish Kalusa, dies. So the Shaila just is, do you have to be Choshesh for us that there are more than one person with the same name? Abaye says yes. Rava says no. So Abaye, Abaye says, how do I know? That you have to be Choshesh for two people with the same name. Listen to this. They once found a get, a document, a get document in Narda. And what happened? So they found a get. And in the get, well, obviously, was the people's names. And what did it say? It said, it said as follows. The get was found in Arda, right, on the side of Kolunya Masa, the city of Kolunya. And in it, it said, I, Andrulinoi Narda, Andrulina from Narda, I divorced my wife, so and so and so and so. So we'll say, so they found this get. Now what happens? So Mrs. Andrulinoi wants her get. She's claiming she lost her get. Right? Her name is in there. Her husband's name is in there. But we'll say, but what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Do we have to be Choshesh? Maybe. Maybe. Well, there's a couple of things to be Choshesh for. Number one, you could say that maybe he dropped, he never delivered it to her. But leaving that, leaving that aside, do we have to be Choshesh for maybe there's another couple with the same name? Another couple, well, I was like, we're going to spend much time on this in Masechus Gittin, but is there another couple with the same name? To which the Gemara says, So we'll say, what happened? They sent it to the father of Shmuel, in front of Rabbi Yehuda. And the father of Shmuel, the father of Shmuel said, he passed him, you have to go ahead and check Narda. You have to go ahead and do a search Narda. Is there another guy by the name of Angerolinoi? Right? You have to go ahead and, and, and check Narda. So I will say, so listen to this. So in other words, you see from here that what? You do have to be Choshesh for more than one person with the same name. To which the Gemara says, Rava says, well, if that's the case, that you have to be Choshesh, bless you, that in Narda, there's another guy with the same name, you have to check the whole world. In other words, may, may, maybe at the end of the day, there's another Andrelinois in somewhere else around the world. We'll say, in reality, they didn't pass in that way. In reality, they passed in, you don't have to be Choshesh for another person with the same name. I so why did they say check the entire Narda? Because of the father of Shmuel. They wanted to give COVID to Avua de Shmuel that you should check. But in reality, they did not feel that you actually have to check. Interesting. So the Gemara says, Amarav, says, How do I know that you don't have to be Choshesh? The Rabbi says, In general, in general, that Allah when you hear information about a particular person, you don't have to be Choshesh that there's another person with that same name. So whether that's with the get, 
whether that's with allowing the wife to remarry. So Ravis, where do I know this from? Listen to this. Very interesting. There were two documents, two, two documents, loan documents, that they went ahead and they found in Mechuz. And I will say, these are cases of documents that they find on the ground. Right? So what happens? So I will say, these were two different documents. One document, the creditor was and the second was and I will say, these apparently were very common names. Very common names. Right? We'll say that, so apparently, again, in Mechuzah, this was like going to Crown Heights and saying, does anyone know Menachem Mendel? Right? You know, again, we'll say, so, so uh, again, so Lemaisa, Lemaisa in Mechuzah, these were very common names. So the Gemara says, so what happened? And yet, interestingly enough, Rava Baravua, gave the documents back to the creditors and allowed them to use them for collection purposes. To which the Gemara says, Again, there's many people by this name. Many people who utilize this same name. But you see from here that you don't have to be for multiple people with the same name. In these cases, the particular creditor showed up and he said, this is my document. Right? This is my document. So we returned it to him. Okay. Vabaye, top of Kuftazain. So I will say, Abaye says, this is not a good proof, and I'll tell you why. So I will say, so remember, you have fundamental machlokes. And by the way, this is a pretty significant machlokes. Again, both for loan documents, for declaring a man dead and allowing his wife to remarry. When we hear that someone has died or something has happened to someone, do we have to be choshish ultimately again? for more than one person with the same name. Sabai so says, this is not a good case. I'll tell you why. What do we have to be concerned about? So let's analyze this. Right? We're standing in Mechuzah. We're standing in Mechuzah. We find a document that says, Chavi Bar Nanoi lent Ruvain $1,000. Lent Ruvain $1,000. Chavi Bar Nanoi shows up and he says, Oh, oh Steve, you're... I wish you a licht gan Eden, Emir Sashem. You should just have Kol Meshalos Libech Alatova. Incredible. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it greatly. No, it's okay. I don't know what I drank. I think it was from last week. I just found it around. I found, yeah, it might be from Shuas. I found it around. Does this mean that there's coffee? Okay, good. Baruch Hashem, I'll say there's coffee. All right, thank you. Thank you. Baruch Okay, so we'll say, so Abai says like this. The loan document, the loan document ultimately is a different kind of case. Why? What should we be concerned about? If you're concerned about the fact that maybe what? Maybe the creditor, remember again, in a, obviously in a loan transaction, who's holding on to the document? Who's holding on to the document? The creditor, right? Obviously, because again, the document itself is the vehicle of connection, a collection, sorry. So what should, we, what should we concerned about? If you're concerned that maybe what? The creditor dropped the document. That, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. In other words, at the end of the day, a creditor is very careful with this document. So either Pikadon, if you want to say ultimately again it was because of maybe, maybe the guy who shows up in Basin with the name of Javi Barnanoi, he's not really the creditor. Rather what? He's going ahead and he's going ahead and holding the document for the real creditor, but the real creditor happens to have the same, I'm sorry, the, the, the custodian happens to have the same name as the actual creditor. To which the Gemara says, no. I will say, in general, and this is good advice, don't deposit loan documents with people who have the same name as you. Right? Why? Because Lamaisa then they could go ahead and collect with that same document. So the Gemara says, my, so my amrits, why do you have to be concerned? Dilma So ultimately, maybe you have to be concerned that halacha Lamaisa, maybe the creditor, wanted to give over this loan to another person. He gave him over the document, but they never performed the Kenyan. So therefore, maybe that's what happened. That's not a concern over here either. Why? Osios niknos b'mesira. Because halakha interestingly enough, 
You can go ahead and acquire a loan document just by simply giving over the document, even without any other formal get, even without any other formal kinyan. So therefore, I will say, Abayi says, the machlokis still remains. So I will say, so therefore, this case is not totally conclusive, but the machlokis Abayi and Rava still remains. So I will say, essentially, when you hear news about a particular individual, do you have to be choshesh? for more than one person with the same name. Another case, we'll say, Kuf Tes Zayin Amud Aleph, four lines down. Very interesting. Hahugita Deshtachach Besura. We'll say, they found the get in the city of Sura. Uksiv Behachi, and the get read as follows. The get read as follows. Besura Masa, in the city of Sura. Ana, Anan Barchia Narda. I, this is the husband, Anan Barchia from Narda. Patris Vitarchis Plonis in Sasi. I divorced my wife, and they put in her name. And the Rabbanon searched from Sura until Narda. And we'll say they did a search, an exhaustive search, and there was no other guy, there was no other guy with the name of Anan Barchia. Except from the, for this guy of Anan Barchia from the city of Chagra, who is currently in Narda. Okay. Va'asu Sahadi Va'amru Va'amar. And ultimately, again, I will say, so now here, here, here's what's interesting. So the witnesses came along and they said, that on that day that the get was written, so the Gemara says, Anan Barchia Mechagra Gaban Hava. So this guy, Anan Barchia, was with us in Narda. He was with us in Narda. So says the Gemara, he was with us, he was with us in Narda. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, good. So the Gemara says, Amra Baye, Sabaye says, Afledidi Da'amina Chashinan, even according to me, who says normally you have to be Choshesh, again, for more than one person with the same name, Hachalo Chashinan, here, there's nothing to worry about. Here's nothing to worry about. Why? Because ultimately, again, that's which we said, that the witnesses said that he was in Narda. So the Gemara says, so, I'm sorry. That's which we said ultimately, again, that he was in Narda. Ultimately, again, what was he doing in Surah? So again, I both say, so the Gemara says, says, even I who normally are Choshesh are not Choshesh in this particular case. Amar Rava, Rava says just the opposite. Even me who says that normally I'm not Choshesh for two guys with the same name. Here I would be Choshesh. Why? Dilma, it was very interesting. Dilma, Maybe the way he was able to get it from point A to point B so quickly was how he had a flying camel. Now, we'll say flying camel doesn't have to literally mean a flying camel, but a very fast camel. Rashi says, Mamish, it flies. Zero to 60 in uh, three and a half minutes, right? So, we'll say, so ultimately, again, says the Bikfitsa. And I will say, Bikfitsa is interesting. Maybe he got from one location to the other. Rashi says, Ayideh Shem. He knows the Shem Amaforash, right? The ineffable name of Hashem. And therefore, again, he used the Shem to get from one location to another. Inami Mili Masar. Or I will say, the other possibility is, he was in a different location. He was in a different location. So it's interesting halacha. We'll see this in Gittin, that when you are in Shili, when you are when the get is being written in Shili, ultimately again write the location of Shili, even though the instructions for giving the get ultimately again were given in Hini. So it's actually an interesting halacha in Hilchos Gittin. The location written in the get is the location where the get itself is actually written, even if what? The husband gave the instructions to the sofer to write the get in a different location. Now, we'll say, we're going to see, we'll get into this in Gin, but we're going to see that's even true, even if the husband is not with the sofer, when the sofer is actually writing the get. So the idea over here is, I will say, so you could, so you could have a husband who was in a different location than where the get was being written. I, how could such a thing happen? It's very simple. 
the husband gave the instructions to the sofer in one city, but the get is written in a different city. And when that happens, which city do you write in the get? You write the city where the get is being written, even though instructions were given in a different city. So the says, V'chi isnechu. We'll say first wide line, V'chi isnechu behini, ksovu behini. So to ultimately, again, when the get is being written in hini, write the location of hini. Afagav demimsiran mili bishili. Even though halacha lamaisa, the husband gave the instructions for the get in the city of Shili. Good. So we'll say, so therefore, again, you can't bring a ride from this case as well. So my Havi Alayu, so we'll say, so again, I just want to point out, so where we leave, we're not leaving off, but where, but where we are right now is, we still have our fundamental machlokes, Abaye and Rava, which I will say is a general machlokes when you hear information about a particular person. I will say, so so far again now, there's like three different examples of this. There's example number one where you hear that a man died, News comes that a man died. So they have to be choshesh that there's two guys with the same name, right? Case number two, case number two, loan document, right? You find the loan document. Creditor shows up and says, hey, that's my name. Do we have to be choshesh for what? Two creditors with the same name. And now again, I both say get case, same, same, same idea as the creditor case, get case. You find the get, you find the get. Husband shows up or wife shows up for that matter. Says, that's my get. Do you have to be choshesh? There, but it's even more complicated. You have to be choshesh for another couple with the same names. But it's the same basic idea. To which the Gemara says, so, so this is not called Gisabai in Rava. So I both say the Gemara loops all the way back. The Gemara says, by the way, the Shum Shemi, so the, the, uh, I'm sorry, my, my Havi Alai the Shum Shemi. By the way, what happened with the Sesame case? Right, you must say, remember again, how did this all start? This whole thing started with the case of the sesame seeds. Remember again, one more time, Ruvain deposits sesame seeds with Shimon, shows up, says, Shimon, gave me back my sesame seeds. Shimon says, what are you talking about? I gave you back your sesame seeds. The sesame seeds in the barrel are my sesame seeds. To which Ruvain says, I never got it back to you. And I'll give you a proof. I'll give you a raya. Number one, number one, there's a big reish on the barrel that stands for Ruvain. Number two, there's 20 pounds of sesame seeds. Now, it turns out that Ruvain gives the right simonim. So what's Talacha Abosai? Rav Yema Amar Chashinan, Ravina Amar Chashinan. So Rav Yemar says, we do not believe that, that Shimon took out the contents of Ruvain's, Ruvain's sesame seeds and replaced them with his own. Ravina says, yes, we are Choshesh. We will say Choshesh ultimately, we will say that Choshesh doesn't mean in a bad way. Choshesh means we accept the claim of Shimon that Shimon repaid Ruvain his sesame seeds and the sesame seeds that are in the barrel are no longer Ruvain's, but rather they're Shimon's. That's what it means when we say Chashinon, that we accept the approach that, the, that, that, that Shimon, the custodian, gave back to Ruvain what was Ruvain's and now replaced the contents of the barrel with his own sesame seeds. And Rabbi the Hilchasah, the Alocha is Chashinon, that we accept Shimon's claim, namely that he gave Ruvain back his sesame seeds and the sesame seeds inside of the barrel are in fact Shimon's sesame seeds. And I'm say, that is halacha lamaisa. Now again, like I said before at the beginning of the shir, it's not a chiddish. Why isn't it a chiddish? Because what principle is really being applied over here? In general, again, I will say, if you show up, I show up and I say, you owe me a thousand dollars, that's fine. I, I'm entitled to make the, nothing stops me from making the claim. But Lamaisa, the burden of proof rests upon me, the extractor. So in this case, again, if Ruvain wants to claim, and I will say, by the way, the fact that Ruvain says there's 20 pounds of sesame seeds inside of the barrel, that's not a riot. Even that he says that there's a rash on the barrel, that's not a riot. That's not a riot. Because I will say, in general, Giving the weight of an item is not a defining simon. Or for that matter, even putting a rash on the barrel is not a defining simon that that is yours. Okay, so we'll say, by the way, so that's how you're passing in the case of the sesame seeds. How will we say, say, in a general sense, we also pass in like Rava, of Lochai Shinon. We don't, we're not normally concerned with two people with the same name. Now, the truth is, we'll see in Hilchos Gittin, this halacha is applied a little bit differently. Well, well, we'll get to that in Hilchos Gittin, but at least for our purposes, I must remember, how did, this all, how, how did this all start? This whole thing started with Yitzchak Reish Galusa, the son of the sister of Rav Bibi, who was traveling from Cordova to Aspamia. He died. They sent back information to Cordova. This guy, Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak, sorry, Yitzchak Rishkalusa died. He will say, so what was the whole Shaila? Do we have to be Choshesh for two guys with the same name? We paskin, no. 
We paskin, no, we paskin like Rava, that lo chayshina. Again, I will say now the application of this halacha is going to vary a little bit from case to case, but big adult, in a general sense, we pass like Rava. Beautiful. So now we're on Kofta Zainod Aleph 116a, six lines up from the bottom. So also going back to our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? Halacha Lemaisa. A woman shows up, a woman goes with her husband to overseas. She comes back and she says, my husband died. So remember again, the Mishnah said that we accept, we accept that testimony, assuming that there are two criteria in place. Number one, number one, shalom ba'olam, there's no war, right? And number two, there's no strife, there's shalom between them. Now both say, we assume, we assume that the de facto state of marriage is Shalom. Now let's go out for just a moment. We said, why can't there be war in the world? Because remember, again, as we saw in yesterday's daf, we're concerned that ultimately, again, if there's war, she's going to rely on umdina daliba. That maybe she didn't actually see him die, but rather, again, she saw a fierce battle and she assumed that he's dead. Now, again, she's not trying to, she's just making an assumption. If there's strife between two of them, Bipashtus, we assume that she's not going to be so careful also to vet her words. So says the Gemara, They both say, what does it mean when we say that there's marital strife? How, how would that manifest itself? She says to her husband, I want a divorce. Right? She gets angry and she says to her husband, I want you to divorce me. The Gemara says, I don't know, Kulhu Nami Amri Hachi. Right? I, I, everybody kind of has a fight like that uh, over but it was like, so affirming, right? This is the beauty of Torah. Torah is so life affirming, right? So right, everybody has kind of had a heated discussion like that. So the Gemara says at some point in time, every woman gets so fed up with her husband that she makes a statement like that. Rashi says over here, Amruhachi Bishas Kason. Again, every couple has a fight where, again, in the heat of the moment, someone says words like that. And again, in this case, they're saying, they're saying, the Gemara says, a woman says words like that. Oh, we're talking about a case over here where what? Where she claims to her husband, you divorced me. She says, you divorced me. She says, you divorced me. I says the Gemara, so, I, well, the truth is, if she makes a claim like that, she should be believed. Why? Rav Hamnuna says, if a woman says to her husband, you have divorced me, she is believed. Why? Because we assume that a woman would not be so brazen to make a claim like that in front of her husband. In other words, to claim in front of her husband that my husband divorced you, divorced me, when 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 she knows it's not true, he knows it's not true. That would be a that that, that would just be a level of brazenness that we assume that most people don't have. Therefore, if Amuna says if she does make that claim, if she does make that claim, we would believe her. So I will say. So what's the case? In other words, so again, it can't be it can't be kitata. Right, so it can't be, Kitata can't be that she says, I want a divorce. Because again, every couple has a fight that rises to that level of intensity. It can't be where she says, you divorced me. Because if she claims you divorced me, then she should be believed. She should be believed. So what's the case? To which the Gemara says, what's the case? What is the case? Ella, the Gemara says, So here's the case. The woman says, the woman said, claims, my husband divorced me. And here are the witnesses. He divorced me in front of Reuven and Shimon. Vishaline, we went and we asked Reuven and Shimon, and Reuven and Shimon says, never happened. I don't know what she's talking about. There was never a divorce. So we'll say, so ultimately, again, what does that show us? So we'll say, what does that show us? No one shows us they're not divorced. What else does it show us? They might not be divorced, but they're also what? Clearly not happily married. Right? So I will say that's kitata. That's an example. Remember, we're trying to figure out what's an example of kitata. What's an example of marital discord to the, th- th- that would not allow us to accept her testimony when she shows up in Basin and says, my husband is dead. So I will say, so if we know that this couple has a history of marital strife, what's a good example of marital strife? She's made a claim that her husband divorced in front of witnesses. We go, we check out that coming in front of the witness, and the witness says, we have no idea what she's talking about. That's a pretty good indication that the marriage is not holding in a good place. When a woman like that shows up in Beisden, or I should say a woman like that, when a woman with that kind of marriage shows up in Beisden and says, my husband is dead, 
we can't just simply accept her word for it. So says the Gemara, let's analyze this a little bit. My time with the Kitata. They will say, why is that? Why is that that in a situation of marital discord, we just can't simply accept her testimony? So Rav Hanina, Amram Mishum de Meshakra. Rav Hanina says that ultimately, again, we're concerned that she's lying. That, that, at the end, that, that's what we're concerned about. That maybe she's just simply not telling the truth. Rav Sheshes Bar-Ashi, Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes, Rav Simi, sorry. Bar-Ashi, Amram Mishum de Amra Bididami. See, Rav Bosa, here's what's interesting. So the first opinion says, because there's such marital discord, we're actually going to assume, we have to be concerned that maybe she's going to lie. She obviously wants out of this marriage of a haraya. She claimed that she was divorced. She claims that she was divorced. So now if she's willing to make up a claim like that, and now again, her husband's not here, we have to be concerned that maybe she's going to literally lie and say my husband is dead when he's not. Second opinion says, no, no, no. She's not going to lie. She's not going to lie. A woman's not going to lie that her husband is dead. But I both say, what will she do? Bididami. I both say, it goes back to yesterday's death. What's bididami? What we call, I both say, important phrase, umdina deliba. That she will rely on circumstantial evidence to say that her husband is dead. So I both say, what's a good case like that? It's a good case. She saw her husband stabbed, right? She runs away to save her own life. Understandable, right? And halakha says so she assumes he's dead. Right? Did she see him die? Did she see him die? No. Or it was a famine. She left him with a little bit of flour. She assumes he's dead. That's the concern. So I will say, given the fact that there's a certain level of marital discord, we assume that she's going to simply rely on circumstantial evidence to point to the fact that he's dead without really knowing that he's dead. So my and I will say, so what's an afkamina between these two opinions? Ultimately, you know, we'll say, what's the, what's the, or I should say, the argil hu kitata. This is interesting. What's the afkamina between these two approaches? If the husband is the instigator of the marital discord. Right? It will say, very interesting. So I'll say, if he is the instigator of the marital discord, which means he's the problem. He's the, in other words, or, or he, I should say he's the problem. He's the instigator. So I will say, in that case, it could very well be that his animosity towards her is greater than her animosity towards him. If that's the case, then if the concern is because she's going to lie, in this case, she wouldn't lie. Why wouldn't she lie? Because she's not the instigator of the sinna, right? She's not the instigator of the kitata. But if we're concerned about her relying on circumstantial evidence, that concern may still apply over here. Okay, so we'll say by the So we'll say so again. So I just want to point out. So th- so now we understand. Now we understand that Lamaisa again. The reason why the Mishnah says that if there is a, or I should say, the Mishnah says that if there is a state of marital discord, and she shows up in Basin and says, "My husband is dead," we cannot rely on her aidos. Now we'll say it doesn't mean that we totally discount her. We can launch an investigation, basically launch an investigation, but she cannot go ahead and simply get remarried based on her own statement in a state of marital discord. Again, why? Again, I will say, so that seems to be a machlokis. Either A, because of potential, she's going to rely on circumstantial evidence or even pro- more dramatic possibility that she's going to lie. Says the Gemara, Ibailu, Eid Echer Bikitatamar. I will say, very interesting case. What happens, right? Rachel is married to Ruvain. They have a bad marriage. They have a bad marriage. Everyone knows they have a bad marriage, right? They're fighting. Gerashtani, she made the claim Gerashtani. He's an instigator. She's an instigator. He's an instigator. Terrible. So what happens, Rabbi So now, an Eid Echad shows up and says, Ruvain's dead. Right? So Eid Echad shows up, Ruvain's dead. So what's the halacha? So remember again, Rabbi say, normally Eid Echad shows up and says that the husband is dead, what's ta'alacha? What's ta'alacha? We accept it. She can remarry. What happens in a case of an Eid who shows up in a situation of marital strife, marital discord? Mao, Rabbi said, this is fascinating. Listen to this chakira. My time, it's Rabbi said, Mao, what's ta'alacha? See, here we go, Rabbi said, it's a chakira in why we believe Eid Echad. My time, the Eid Echad Mehemin, why do we believe in Eid Echad? Mishum de Milsa David Legiluyeh, Lo Meshaker, both say, do you know why we believe in Eid Echad? Because we assume that an Eid Echad is not going to lie in a situation where the truth will come to light. Now, as we both say, in general, this is good to know, 
Don't lie about people being dead if they're not dead. You know why? You're going to look foolish when they show up to Shachris the next morning, right? So I'll say no matter. So, so therefore, again, people don't lie about things. People only lie about things that they feel they can get away with. But if something can easily be revealed, people won't lie. So I'll say, this, why do we believe in Eid Echad? Because what, a guy's going to show up in Beisdin and say that Ruvain's dead when they don't know that Ruvain's dead? Crazy. Crazy. They, 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 I don't know, Ruben shows up the next day, the next week, the next year, and they're going to look like a liar. So that's why we believe in Eid Echad. I will say, the truth is when Eid Echad shows up and says that Ruben is dead, even if Ruben and Rachel had a terrible marriage, it doesn't matter. We believe the Eid Echad. Oh, Dilma, no. The other possibility is no. Time of the Eid Echad, Mehem Mishum, the Daiko Minsaba. No, Rabbi said, that's not the reason. Why do we believe in Eid Echad, This goes back to Pamela. Why do we believe in Eid Echad? And because we believe that at the end of the day, the woman is going to launch her own exhaustive investigation before she gets remarried. Why? Because also at the end of the day, if they're wrong about this information, who, who, who's left? Who's left carrying the bag on this? The woman. Because now I both say, if she's wrong about her intel, if she's wrong about it, and she gets remarried, she marries Shimon. And now it turns out Ruben comes along and shows up. Now Rachel committed adultery. If she had kids, they're mamzerim, and we have some significant issues. That's why we believe in Eid Echad. But I both say, in this case over here, v'hacha kevan ketata lo daiko But I both say, in this case over here, because his marital discord, we have to be concerned that what? She's not going to do her investigation. And therefore, she's getting around. So I'll say, Padre, I just want to point out, it's such a fundamental, we saw, we saw this already before, but it's such a fundamental hakira, such good lumdus in terms of why do we believe Eid Echad? Do we believe Eid Echad because a person is not, in this case, that a husband died, because a person is not going to lie about something, about a milsa da'avida legiluye, a matter that is going to become revealed? That's why we believe him. And therefore, again, I will say, all right, or no. Eid Echad gives the woman a license to get remarried, but we presuppose she's going to launch her own thorough investigation to make sure that the Eid Echad is correct. And we'll say, what's the Nafkamina? The Nafkamina is when Reuben and Rachel had a bad marriage. If we assume that the din of Eid Echad is believed because, again, a person doesn't lie, but it's going to become revealed. We can believe, we can believe the Eid Echad. We don't care about the quality or lack of in the marriage. However, if the reason we believe in Eid Echad is because we assume the woman is going to launch her own investigation, well, the truth is, in a case of marital discord, she may be more than happy to what? To what? Just rely on the Eid Echad and let's move on. So we'll say, so which, which approach is correct? Teiku. Teiku. So we'll say, this is one of these interesting ideas in halacha where we know, we know what the halacha is. We believe in Eid Echad. We believe in Eid Echad when he says the husband died. But we don't know exactly what the svara is for it. Now, Bosai, therefore, again, in this case, in this case of Kitata, of Kitata, again, we might be a little bit stuck. Very interesting. Rav Yehuda Amar the Olam Eina. So, also remember again, last part of the Mishnah, Rav Yehuda said, even if there's peace in the world and peace in their marriage, when a woman shows up in Basin and says, My husband is dead, we only believe her when? When? If her clothing is torn, her hair is disheveled, and she's crying. Now, Rav Yehuda says, we need some external displays of mourning to make sure that this is legit, says the Gemara. So Tanya Amulah Rabbi Yehuda, Lidvaracha Pikachas Tinase Shotelot Tinase. So it says Rabbi Yehuda, according to you, a normal woman could go, a typical woman could get remarried, but a Shotel Kinase, I suppose, what they're saying over here is like this. So not everybody emotes in the same way. So let's say a shota. Now shota literally means a person who lacks capacity. But it could also mean, it could also mean just a person who doesn't display emotion. Doesn't display emotion. So what does that mean? Let's say a person just not an emotive individual. Not everybody mourns. You see this my simbachalyom, right? You see people who had a who had a levaya at a shiva are inconsolable. Right, wailing, wailing, not not with an H, AI, right? Again, again, I will say so like right, so it's like wailing, wailing, like like mamish going totally totally lost, totally lost. And people who are stoic, who are stoic. And I will say it's interesting. Sometimes you look at stoic people, you're like, what's the matter with you? So there's nothing the matter with them. People have different emotional dispositions. So according to people, I don't understand. Somebody has to cry, tear their clothes. Oh, what's the pshat? So I will say, listen to this. Whether you emote, you don't emote. When the woman shows up, I will say, assume that the two criteria are intact. Shalom in her marriage, shalom in the world, she can get remarried. So they want to listen to this story. There was a woman who showed up in Beisdin. 
the, the basin of Rabbi Huda. Amrilei, so they listen to this, I will say. So she shows up in the basin of Rabbi Huda, and they say to her, Sapti Balech, listen, do me a favor, right? Eulogize your husband a little bit. Kari Manech, do Kriya, do Kriya. Sasri Maziech, mess up your hair a little bit. So they told her to engage all these, says the Gemara, Afua Shikra in Rabbanon. The rabbis are teaching people to lie. Because what's going on over here? They're coaching her what to do. No, no, no. Svirluhu amritavid hachi keche delishre. So I'm to listen to this. She's in the waiting room of Rabbi Huda's Beisdin. Rabbi Huda's a das yachid. No one holds that you need physical, physical behaviors of mourning, right? Or external behaviors of mourning. No, right? The Rabbi Huda is a minority opinion. No one else holds that she has to be crying and wailing and eulogizing and tearing her clothing and messing up her hair. So it's interesting. She's in the waiting room of Rabbi Huda's Beisdin and kind of like the secretary there, right? The secretary of the Beisdin tells her, listen, do me a favor, tear your clothing, cry a little bit, right? Mess up your hair. Because Rabbi Huda happens to have this hakpada. No one, no one else has, we both say, by the way, we don't pass him, we don't pass like Rabbi Huda. So they're not coaching her to lie, right? They're just coaching her to do what she needs to do for Rabbi Huda's Beisdin. Okay, incredible. Say, so we don't pass him that way. We pass him Allah Maisa as long as the two criteria are intact. Num, namely, shalom ba'olam and shalom in her marriage. If a woman shows up and says, my husband is dead, we accept that testimony. Rabbi say, fascinating Mishnah. So now, thing in this case, when do we say that a woman is believed to testify that her husband is dead? Basil says, only in the following situation. Number one, where she's coming from the harvest. She's coming from the grain harvest. And they're in the same country together. Ukimai says Shaya. And I'll say this is exactly how the original episode unfolded. We'll say, take a look at Rashi. First Rashi in the Mishnah, four lines down from the top in Rashi. So we'll say, listen to this. Basilis is something quite fascinating. This idea that a woman is believed to go out and testify that her husband is dead is only in a very specific scenario where the husband died harvesting grain. The husband and wife are in the same country. Because that's how the original episode occurred. That's how the original episode occurred. So according to Basilel, she's only believed in a situation where the, where the current situation mirrors the original situation. We'll see in the Gemara what we're talking about over here. To which the Gemara says, Amulam Beishamai. Beishamai says, no. Whether they were harvesting grain or harvesting olives, or harvesting grapes, and whether in the same country, different country, Beishamai says anytime a woman shows up and testifies that her husband is dead, once again assuming that there's shalom in their, in their marriage, shalom in the world, she's believed. Chamalik only gave the example of the harvest because that was the actual case. And Basila came around and ultimately again agreed with Beishamai. I will say, this is one of the situations where Beishamai was correct and Basila comes along to Paschal like Beishamai. I will say, so what's going on over here? Tanya, says the Gemara, So Beishamai said to Beishamai, Right, according to Beishamai, again, we'll see the mice of the original event, but according to you, the only time a woman is believed to say that her husband died is when? When the current situation exactly mirrors the original situation. And that was the case of a wheat harvest. If that's the case, how do I know that if the husband was harvesting barley and he died, that she could still be believed? The Further, I only know that you're talking about harvesting grain. Boats are grapes, mosaic, olives, gold, their dates, all their figs, minai. And also these are all the di- names of different harvesting for these different types of fruits. How do I know? Beishamai says there was an original story. And while it's true that the original story happened with wheat, we're not limited to only believing her in a situation where they were harvesting wheat. Rather, again, anything that resembles that original scenario. So to just like the original case, which we'll see in just a moment, occurred, where husband and wife were in the same country, she's believed in any case, even if they're not in the same country, says no. A wife is only believed to testify that her husband is dead when they were in the same country together. Because I will say, what could happen? When they're in the same country, there are people who know them, who know them both, and therefore she'd be afraid to lie. First wide line, but from one country to another country, 
where people might not know. She claims that her husband died in Africa, right? And now they're in America. People don't know them. People don't know them. Ultimately, again, she would lie. Lo mirsas. She won't be afraid to lie. Beishamai, Beishamai says, Hachanami shaykh shrichi shayarta. I will say people travel from place to place. Okay. So my maisa, I will say, what, what was, my maisa, what was this original story that occurred? Right, what was this original event that occurred? So watch this. We'll say, we'll say it was, it was the end of the wheat harvest. It was the end of the wheat harvest. And I will say there were 10 people who, it was a group of people who went to harvest wheat together. So a snake bit one of the men, we'll call him Ruvain, a snake bit one of the men, and he died. And what happened? A woman came to Bezin and she said, my husband was harvesting wheat and he died by a snake bite. And ultimately Bezin sent out an agent and they found that her story was correct. So in that moment they decreed, So we'll say this was the test case. This was the first case. This was the first case Woman went with her husband and a group of people to harvest wheat at the end of the at the end of the harvest season. Husband is bitten by a snake. He dies. Wife shows up in bays and says, "My husband is dead." Then I both say, in this case, interestingly enough, what happened? They launched an investigation. Right here, they did an investigation. Salah Kalamai said they investigate. It turns out that she's correct, and they pass in halacha. From here, I both say this case set a precedent. What was the precedent? The woman shows up in Basin and says, "My husband is dead." Ultimately, again, we believe her. Rabbi says, "Now what? Now what? What the machlokes? The machlokes, or they believe her to remarry. They believe her to have to do yibum." So Rabbi says, "Ultimately, again, the machlokes Hashanah Beisilal is: Do subsequent cases have to exactly mirror the original case or not?" Beisilal says, "Yes. Every subsequent, every subsequent case has to mirror the precedent case. Has to mirror the original case." Beishamai says, no. Beishamai says, no, they do not. So we'll say, that's the Machlokes. So name Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva, v'rabbana mepulktu Beishamai beisal kamiflagi. So we'll say, say that Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva and Rabbanon argue in Beishamai beisal, because we'll say, what happened? This anya. Here we go. We'll say, another interesting case. Lo yisa adamei chatas ve'efer chatas ve'arein be'yardin o'besina. Well, let's listen to this. A person, we'll see why this is, but a person should not take mechatas, Rabbi say, are waters of the paraduma, right? Water in which paraduma ashes have been mixed in, or the actual ashes of paraduma, a person cannot transport paraduma waters or paraduma ashes on the Yardin, on the Jordan River, Ubisvina, and on a boat. So we'll say, you cannot transport paraduma ashes or paraduma water over the Jordan River by boat. You can't stand on one end, one side of the river, and throw it to the other side of the river. Nor can you go ahead and float para aduma ashes or water on top of the water. Right? So we'll say, nor can you go ahead and put it on the back of an animal or on the back of your friend. Elim came unless, of course. In other words, the only way to transport it is how? Is if their feet, if their feet are touching the ground. But you could transport paraduma water or paraduma ashes over a bridge. Whether it's the Jordan or other rivers as well. says, no, the only thing that's prohibited is to transport Para aduma water or para aduma ashes by boat over the Jordan River. That's the only thing that's usher because that mirrors the original episode. We'll see what the original episode was in just a moment. So we'll say the Rabbanon, say like Beishamai, because they take a more broad application. Apparently something happened, and as a result of whatever happened, we say, you know what? You can't transport paraduma waters or ashes by boat at all, or even over the water, or even on the water, or for that matter, on the back of a person, the back of an animal walking through the water. Can't do any of that. In order to transport paraduma, ashes or water has to be transported by land. By land, because of the story that happened, Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva, the Amr Kebeisila, Rabbi Hanina ben Akiva ever says, no, the only thing you can't do is what? You can't transport it by boat over the Jordan River. That's all. Because that's the original case that happened. They hold like Beisilal. 
To which the Gemara says, not necessarily. The Rabbana would say, we pass him like Beis Hillel. Ad kan lo kamar Beis Hillel hasam elem mishum de mirsis, b'makam karav mirsis, b'makam rachok lo mirsis. He will say, Beis Hillel's logic is like this. Why do we believe a woman when she says that her husband is dead? Because Lamaisa, we assume she's not going to lie. Why isn't she going to lie? Because she's afraid. No, people don't lie about things that they can't get away with. She's afraid if she says my husband is dead and she's lying, her husband's going to show up. Or someone else is going to show up for that matter. Who knows that her husband's not dead? So Beis Hillel will say like this. Basil says the mirror says that fear of being discovered in the course of lying is only when there is proximity, only when they're in the same country. However, again, the mirror says makom karav mirsas, makom rachok lo mirsas, hacha mali yarde mali shainar. So we'll say, but over here by the paraduma, what is it? Matt? Once we say you can't transport it over the Jordan, that means you can't transport it over any body of water. Stephen Basil would agree in this case. Rabbi Chanina ben Akiva Omer Amalecha Ana de Amri Afel Beishamai. I hold even even like Beishamai. Why? I can't look at Beishamai. Hasam El Mishum Deihi Daiko Min Saba Mali Makom Karov Mali Makom Rachok. We both say, why do we believe a woman when she says my husband is dead, even though she's only in Eidach? Why, why do we believe her? Why do we believe her? Because we assume that a woman is not going to remarry, right, based on either the testimony of an Eidach or her own testimony until she does her due diligence, until she really investigates. Because if she's wrong, she's the one who's left with the liability for that, to which the Gemara says, Mali makam karav, mali makam rakok, ha'cham yishum maise shahaya biyardin u bisfina dahava. Dava maise gaz rabbanan, b'shay naras lahava maise rabbanan, lo dahava maise, lo gaz rabbanan. So I'll say, but we assume in the case of the paraduma, Chazal will only go there in the very specific situation of transporting para-aduma waters over the Yardin. They both say, what happened? My, my, what, what, what happened over here? Watch this. My Maisa Shaya. Don't even know what Listen to this. Great case. I mean, not a great case, but fascinating case. Maisa Ba'adam Ba'adam Shaya Mavir Mechatas Va'efer Mechatas Biyardin Abisfina. They both say there was once a guy who was entrusted with transporting ashes of para-aduma and para-aduma water. Right, mixed with ashes, and he was entrusted with transporting it from location A to location B. What did he do? He transported it by boat over the Jordan River. And I will say they found a kezayis, right? A piece of a kezayis of a corpse lodged on the bottom of the boat, on the floor of the boat. And I will say, now what happened? What, just what's the, what's the unwritten part of the story? The guy who was, who was transporting the ashes and the water had passed over that kezayis of the mace. I will say, what happens if you pass over a kezayis of a mace? Tumas Ohel. So I will say, everything became ruined. I will say, understand, if you're the guy who ruins para aduma, right? Let, let's say, you're out of Kiddush Club. You're for sure out of Kiddush Club. I will say, and, and probably out of many other things as well. I will say, that's so... It was such a severe situation that they made exera. In that moment, they legislated, you cannot transport the waters or the ashes of Paraduma by boat or over the Jordan River. I'll point out over here, this is pretty wild because in Halacha, we never do this. right? In Halacha, what do you legislate based on? What do you legislate based on? The rove the majority, the norm. This is such an outlier. But even though it's an outlier, it's such a severe outlier that Chazal felt the need ultimately to go ahead and legislate. So I both say, so again, you have two cases like this. So interestingly enough, in this case over here, so there's a machlokis, do we expand this, right? Do we expand this to include other bodies of water? Do we expand this to go ahead and Right, so we'll say that Salah says the Ramah Baskins that it actually only applies to transporting Paraduma waters actually over the Jordan by boat. That's really what it applies to. It doesn't apply to other bodies of water. They both say, so now the same Machlokis is over here. So remember again, the original case of a woman testifying about the death of her husband was when husband and wife went to go ahead and harvest wheat together with a group. Husband gets bitten by a snake. Wife comes to Basin. My husband's dead. Basin accepts her claim. That becomes like the case. So is, do we only believe her in that case? Right? Wheat harvest, same country. Do, is that where we believe her? Or could we even expand it? Basil says, only like the original case. Beis Shammai says, we even expand it. I will say, well, how do we pass in Allah? So we know. We pass in like, 
Beishamai, but in reality, even Beis Hillel comes around and Paskins like Beishamai as well, that we could take the original case, expand it, and going back to the previous Mishnah, as long as there is Shalom in their marriage, and Shalom ultimately in the world, Halacha so we will accept your testimony, Abosai, Shkoyach.